0: Do I love my neighbor? Do you love them? Can I feel his pain and really Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello
1: everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg, And
2: my name is Susan Collenberg.
1: And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose and on our new series, uh The Life. And we're on actually program number fifty nine, and this one is called Enter the King. And I know I said the new series. This yes. is not a new series. No, it's this is not. an ongoing series. Right. Little uh, We're
2: we're talking about a possibly a new series coming up. Coming up. After, but, after we um get into the most important part of Jesus's life yeah
1: so that'll be in a few episodes here Uh, Susan before we get going would you would you open with a word of prayer please?
2: yes loving father in heaven thank you once again for the the privilege and the honor it is to um, talk about your goodness and your design laws and the way that you operate out of um, a position of love and we just pray that you will help us all to To learn from your example and to uh, put that practice into our own lives, and we thank you in Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you. Um, Before we get going, uh, once again, we'd like to mention that we are now Freedom to Choose is now on Sirius XM Satellite Channel One Thirty One on Family Talk, and we're also uh, the program is also on WAVA Washington, D.C., and WYLL in Chicago. And so uh, we're very thankful for that. We're thankful for our supporters and everyone that's made this uh, possible for this program to go uh, nationwide. And it's pretty exciting, and it's humbling uh, at the same.
2: It is, and and it's interesting because now instead of just getting our local um, requests for packages up and down California, sometimes into Oregon, now it's it's stretching out to. I just mailed out a package this week to Vermont, to Florida and I think West Virginia. So, um, and
1: You send us stuff to Canada too, aren't you? We send
2: things to Canada yeah. as well, yes. We, yeah. we try to do the very best we can to share this um, this life-saving message with as many people who are open to it because we were given that message, and um, we believe that God has called us to share it with other people, so we count it a privilege and an honor.
1: Now, you said something uh, very interesting in your prayer about design law. Yes. Uh, What did you mean in your prayer about design law?
2: Well, I think that um, overall God is, you know, we see in the Bible where it says he's the same yesterday, today, and always. And he has overriding principles that govern his actions and uh, consequences and circumstances and how things operate and how things operate exactly. And so, so those design laws don't change because you want them to change. It's kind of like, um, and you know, it's not like we're judging or anything, but um, you can, like, California can make smoking marijuana legal, but they can't, can't make smoking marijuana healthy, healthy, right? Because the body. Was never designed to inhale smoke. Right. Just that's not it's that's not how God designed it. And so any type of smoke that you inhale,
1: you can make alcohol legal. Right. But in quantities, it's in large quantities, it's not healthy.
2: Right. It actually does can do damage to the
1: body. Right. And Um, so in other words, okay. So let's let's bring it down to ground level here. mm -hmm. See, because is gravity a design law?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Gravity doesn't care what religion you are. Mm-hmm. Doesn't care what political affiliation well, you it, have. It
2: doesn't care how what you believe. What right? you believe.
1: <laughs> you step off the Empire State Building. Right. Gravity doesn't care about any of that. Right. It's splat. Right? right. So and the same thing happens in the spiritual realm. My relationship with my wife. If I want to ruin it. All I have to do is do something that disrupts it. In other words, I can just by stopping at a strip bar, just by doing, you know, just by you're right, just and, by and, just and, that little thing, but, you know.
2: And, and and then the thing is too is I too can take actions and do things that will ruin the marriage. And um, so it's not just always from you know I know Rich always uses that example, but you know we it it's a. God designed the marriage to be a union between both parties. It's
1: not a contract. Right. It's a union. Right. You know, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's, uh, it's not a contract. It is a commitment or, or um, in other words, what Susan and I do as we move through our marriage covenant, if you will, is the things that are in the way that keep us from being close— we talk about them and try to get them out of the way so we can get closer. See a contract protects both people because there's no trust.
2: Well and each side of the person each side of the contract is trying to get the best deal. Get the best deal and
1: protect themselves. <laughs> right. So our relationship with God should be the same thing. It right. should not be a contract, it should be a covenant in which we are constantly seeking to remove those things that keep us that separate us from God,
2: right? And so, I think as we look at the story today and next week, we can see where I think that maybe that's what it is. They were expecting God to um, the children of Israel and 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 the people that were following Jesus. Maybe they were expecting more of a if you do this, then we expect that yeah. type of a, a mentality, as opposed to you know. Looking at him and, and accepting his,
1: and saying, "What is my, what's what is in my, my heart? Part, right. What is in my heart that is keeping me from a relationship with, right? With Jesus, right? Right. So, uh, once again, the program number fifty nine in, in, in the series, the life, and it's entitled, we t- entitled it, Enter the King. This program's based on Matthew twenty one and Mark eleven, and also John twelve, and we're gonna, we're gonna and double, Luke 19. And Luke 19 as well. And we're going to double back on to Zechariah here real quick and where where the Bible says, "Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee; he is just, and having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon the full fo- the colt, the foal of an ass." And that's Zechariah 9 verse 9. And I just want to talk a little bit, we, you know, it, most of you know we have miniature donkeys, we have a little miniature donkey farm, but we were, wanted to talk a little bit about the characteristics of a donkey and what the symbolism was for Jesus riding in on a donkey, and what we've noticed about our donkeys is the main thing, the main word that I use to describe them is therapeutic, I mean, hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just, they're docile, they stand there, they they want to be scratched, a uh, little Eddie wants to lay his head in my lap, and he right. just—he, you know—that's our little miracle baby donkey that we had to pan feed, and and every night when we go out to pan feed him, we'll we'll sit on the bale of hay, and Eddie'll come and he'll just lay his head right over my knee, right over my my thigh there. And just lay it there and rest his head and just want to be petted and just it's it's almost therapeutic mm-hmm. to both of us, right. you know. Right. And it's just a, it's a different atmosphere sitting amongst those animals.
2: Right. The, those animals, you know, like we we um, talked about it prior to starting the program, and and they're non-aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, the one of I think the biggest. Um, Attributes that I can see is they're not aggressive. You know, it's very interesting you say that mm-hmm. they're
1: non-aggressive, but if the, if there is a, a threat to them, look out. Right. But look they they don't ca-
2: they they I don't think that they go out and they don't they go out cause looking a for. A if they do not right. go
1: looking for a fight. Right. Never. But right. if they are threatened they can kick sideways they can oh, kick that, forward they can kick a fly off your nose to the side they're incredible yes, they but you def- do, you know so you don't mess with them right. but they never go out to pick a fight no, never no yeah so that's that's so, one thing
2: right so donkeys were um, portrayed in the bible at, as symbols of service suffering, peace, and humility. They were also associated with the theme of wisdom in the Old Testament story of Balaam's ass. I don't know if we all remember that from Numbers 22-28. Yeah, yeah. At first, the angel is seen only by the donkey that Balaam is riding, He tries to, and he tries to avoid the, the angel. But after Balaam starts punishing the donkey for refusing to move, it is miraculously given the power to speak to Balaam and it complains about Balaam's treatment.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and exceptionally intelligent they are. They have phenomenal memories, and they can recall complex roots and recognize animals that they haven't seen for years. And they also have a logical, flexible approach to problem-solving. The other day, Eddie's mother, what do we call her, Missy or Sissy? I don't know, we don't have a and name for And now we her. call her Ma. Now we call, her, call Ma. her Ma. There was a... a there was a little bit of grain on the ground, but I had to – we have this wheelbarrow, but it's not really a wheelbarrow. I don't know. It's kind of a wheel cart kind of a thing. She goes and she puts her head underneath the handle, picks it up, and pushes that thing forward about 10 feet, drops it, circles back, and eats the grain. Mm-hmm. And I was I was going, that, that's incredible. Um, so she knows how to run a wheelbarrow. I mean, Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
2: Um, And 500 years before the birth of Christ, the prophet Zechariah foretold the coming of the great king to Israel. Now this prophecy is to be fulfilled. The one who has up to this point, who was refused royal honors, now comes to Jerusalem as the promised heir to David's throne. So, can you imagine? It's like they're all waiting for this prophecy to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And the sign is is that he's going to ride in on the foal of an ass mm-hmm. into Jerusalem. Yeah. And so that's that's some that's a promise that they've been looking forward mm-hmm. to for for a very long time.
1: Yeah. So it was on the first day of the week. Jesus makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Many who had flocked to see him at Bethany now accompanied him, eager to witness his reception. Many people were on their way there to keep the Passover, and these people also joined in and looked in amazement. The hope of the new kingdom was springing up.
2: Right, so Jesus had sent his two disciples to bring him an ass and its colt. At his birth, he was dependent upon the hospitality of strangers. The manger in which he lay as a baby was borrowed. That's
1: interesting. You know, he's dependent upon
2: the kindness uh, kindness of someone to allow
1: him to, you know. And then you see this. You see Jesus employing humanity quite often.
2: You know, I was telling you earlier today about something that I did and how it. I, there was something I did early in the morning, and it was to, I took something to a group of medical professionals, and I tell you what, it just set my whole day up. But to be a positive um, day that I could look back and I can reflect on as being really good, because I think that that's the human. Um, that's how God is designed. Yeah, one uh, of those for, design, was design laws. laws. Yeah. Is that by giving you receive?
1: Yeah, we have say so in the way this universe runs, and if we want to make it a better place, we we have that opportunity. And what it does is it creates a ripple effect, right? And God, and that, that's a beautiful thing.
2: So, can you imagine the owner of the of the two donkeys and and he sees you know yeah Jesus riding in on them? That must have been a and he, he willingly gave them for that purpose. Yeah. And so that that must have been very, um, very fulfilling. So the one who has up to this point refused royal honors now comes to, to Jerusalem as the promised heir to David's throne.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, before this time, Jesus had always traveled on foot. But now, for the disciples, hope brightened in their heart with the joy, their their it's different now because he's on this animal. He's riding into Jerusalem. He's going to proclaim him, proclaim himself king, and they're thinking they're going to uh, that he's going to assert his royal power. Now it's it's going to happen.
2: Right, and uh, Jesus was following the Jewish custom for the royal entry. The animal on which he rode was that that was written by the kings of Israel and prophecy had foretold that thus the Messiah should come to his kingdom no sooner was he seated upon the colt than a loud shout of triumph was throughout the was throughout the land the multitude hailed him as the king as their Messiah and
1: and this is interesting because now he accepts that respect or that homage which he had never permitted before and the disciples definitely took this as proof that their hopes were about to be realized. He's going to establish his throne. The crowd was convinced that the hour of their emancipation was at hand.
2: Right. In in imaginations, they were able to see the the Roman armies driven out from Jerusalem and Israel, once again, more independent nation. All were happy and excited. The people competed with one another in paying him tribute.
1: Yeah, and they— they really, they couldn't present him with costly gifts, but what they did do was they spread their, gar- they spread their garments and they got uh, branches of olive and branches of palm. And, you know, it's interesting because it wasn't like a typical king coming back from battle with all this pomp and standards in the air and everything like that. All it was was some palm branches and them scattering their garments. but But just... Think about what they're expecting mm-hmm. right? versus what Jesus was really writing in for. Right,
2: right. Finally is what they were thinking. Someone to drive the Romans out. This Messiah is going to do exactly what we want.
1: Let's think about that because that's really important what you said. Just think what, you know, I mean, do you, have you ever gone there? Just think what Jesus can do performing our will. Because this is what's going on in their minds. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. There's they're saying he's gonna he's coming into town. He's gonna he's gonna turn his guns on the Romans. He's gonna do our will. So everyone
2: overthrow the government.
1: Right, right. So here here's here's where the whole this is the humbling experience to me because everyone on this planet thinks they're right. Everyone on this planet is in love with their own rightness. Now I'm right. And if your opinion differs from mine, then you, by default, are wrong.
2: Right, and let's put a little bit of um, power into your thoughts there, and we can say, let's add a little religion to it. Now, if I'm right, and God is on my side, then you must be wrong, and if God is on my side, then guess who is on your side? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. See.
2: And we become enemies of one yeah,
1: another. Yeah, if I'm right and God's on my side, then you're wrong and the devil's on your side. So everything I disagree with is of the devil. So if you don't believe exactly the way I do, then you are of your father, the devil. And do you see where this takes us by having rock-solid um, beliefs and saying, you know, m- the peg I'm standing on is the peg of truth. Right. And everybody that does not agree with my peg of truth, I mean, the universe is infinite. It's infinite. Mm-hmm. And so, of all the other opinions, because, you know, think about all the people that have all these different lenses they're looking through and have been raised in all these different ways and have all these different pictures of God and all this stuff going on. And I've often thought about what do I know about the entire infinite universe? And of the 99.9% that I don't know about the rest of the universe, can that other person's opinion be in there? Right. You know? Or at least partially. And that's the problem with the world today. Everyone wants their God just like the the people when Jesus rose, rode into Jerusalem. Everyone wants their God to annihilate their enemies, and everyone, to some degree or another, thinks that God is on their side,
2: Right. So as Jesus comes into town on the donkey, the crowd was continually increased by those who had heard of his coming, and they rushed to join the procession. Spectators were constantly mingling with the throng and asking, who is this? What does all this commotion mean?
1: Yeah, and so here you have Jesus with a totally different purpose in riding into town versus What everybody... Expectations. Yeah, everybody's expectations. So expectations are high, they're going to get delivered, but they have no idea that he's going to deliver them from sin,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that it's not... You know, because we struggle with this now. We look around us right now, and we see all the political pressures, we see all of these pressures from the world on the outside, and we think in our minds... If God could just change those outside things, my life would be better. Mm. And Jesus is saying, no, I need to come into your heart and your life will be better. Mm-hmm. Because we can't control all that. Right. There's so much out there that's going on that... So our happiness cannot be dependent upon all those things that we're grasping for. Right. You know, all those types of things.
2: Happiness is an inside job. It is
1: an inside job what is it you know and i know for myself happiness it, i can drift away from happiness and a sense of well-being by simply grasping for something else and it by default when when that something else runs out whatever it may be mm-hmm. you know i don't know whether you know i need this new thing or uh you know what have you? Mm-hmm. Um, I need somebody to pat on my be- me on the back for doing a good job or whatever. And once that pat on the back, you know, the sh- I want to say the shine wears off. Mm-hmm. The shine wears off of all these dangly shiny things in our lives. Right. They're temporary.
2: Well, and I think that's the human condition. We're always looking for something to provide satisfaction, but everything is temporal and everything is fleeting and. And um, uh, reality is is that it's kind of like you know, well, I'm going to move and I'm going to find a yeah. better place. And the thing is, you that
1: tried that once. I
2: did. I tried it a couple of times. Yeah,
1: you did it. What they call a geographical, right? Yes.
2: And then you get to the new place and you start a new life, and then it's like, oh no, I'm still here. Right? Yeah, I
1: brought myself with me. Right. And I still have the same issues, problems. Just the same in a issues. location. Yeah. So Jesus is riding into this town, and everybody's really excited about him coming in but they all have this different expectation of what this king this event
2: is going y- 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 r- to is going to bring into their lives.
1: Right, and so they're 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 set up for So,
2: so that that's an interesting thing. They think this event is going to come in and it's going to change everybody else, but Jesus meant it to come in so that it would change their own
1: heart. Yeah, exactly. And I think that the the modern Christianity today it, at the core of it is, we spend a lot of try- time trying to legislate, trying to manipulate. Cha- manipulate and change the world around us, rather than inviting Jesus in and saying, oh, "You know what? I think my <laughs> the God is telling me I'm supposed to love my neighbor." Mm-hmm. You know, just like the opening song. Right. There's all this other stuff going on, but it, what it all does, what it all boils down, when when it's all said and done, do you love your neighbor? Right. And do you love him as yourself? And do you love God with all your heart? And are you willing to forgo everything for the guy next door? Mm-hmm. you know? Or do you need him to change so you can be happy? Right? See, and that's at the core of Christianity. Christianity doesn't try to make anyone else change. Christianity is saying, God come into my life and change me. And I will have a new outlook on everything else around me. And that in and of itself is where I can be okay inside my own skin.
2: And you know what? I'm just really thankful that God is patient and kind and long-suffering with us because sometimes the journey can be a little bit longer and harder. And, and uh, what one person said that everything I ever— had to let go of, had claw marks all over it Yeah, I didn't we want didn't want to let it. let it go, <laughs> yeah. right? And so, um, you know, if, if anybody is struggling out there with with anything that's going on, whether it be resentment or anger or, you know, some type of addiction, know that if you're listening to the program and you um, have that desire, that's that's where it starts, you yep. know, is to see that I've got issues and I want to change. That's where the change begins.
1: And remember, most of us that uh, have these you know, uh, addictions or uh, anger issues or whatever, those are the, the symptom of the disease, mm-hmm. you know. But Jesus wants to get to the root of it. Right. You know, and the root of it typically is fear and selfishness. Right. You know, that's typically in pride. pride uh, Fear causes us to puff up and be prideful. And so that's at the root of it. Jesus says he wants to come into our heart and change our hearts so that we can live inside of our own skin.
2: And he does it. He's he's a proven doctor.
1: He does it. And it looks like we're going to have to wrap it up again here. uh, But we want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening today. Uh, Remember, you can reach us at www.justasiamministries.com if you need a workbook or uh, what have you. You can also call us at 916 645 1297. Shoot us a call. Susan will box up some books if you need them and ship them out. Go to our website also for these programs. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle, the other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to
0: choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do you love this pain that gives me really need you. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening, and remember... You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.